It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. This week, we're here with Rodney Ho, who uh, covers radio and TV and sometimes movies and sometimes celebrities. Welcome, Rodney. Hey. Uh, nice to talk to you again, Shane. Uh, what do you have for us this week? Well, Hollywood of the South has been a term that we've used for several years here. We of, we usually focus on the celebrities, you know, but I, I decided to look at um, the casting agents who are local in town. There are actually three levels of casting agents. I'm sort of dealing with one level. There's the folks who get the top level guys, you know, the, right. the Rock or, you yeah. know, Scarlett Johansson or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the folks who get the daily extras, you know, any you and me could be extras. We right. could just sign up with a, with a headshot and we're there for a day. Then there's that sort of middle ground where you need the guys who are, you know, the cousin or the family members or the police officer or the nurse or the waitress, you know, the people who kind of fill in the blanks for the lead people. And there's a local casting agency called uh, Feldstein Paris that do a lot of that. They're called day players or sometimes recurring roles if they happen to get a role that's on, let's say it's a 13-episode series, you get a role on for six episodes. That's considered recurring, which means you're not a regular but you get some, you get, you get, you know, some recognition, yeah. and often those roles turn into regular right. roles. So those are really important. Um, and these guys started, you know, in Atlanta. Of course, before you know all this came here, they mostly cast out of New York and LA, and they still do. Right. But now, any production out of Atlanta, they will often go to a place like Feldstein and Paris, yeah. uh, the Feldstein Paris casting, and they'll help out in terms of looking for people. Let's say, you know. FX's Atlanta needs a younger version of Earn or 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 whatever, which yeah. they did, and they'll help look for them. You know, they'll they'll fish in New York, they'll fish in LA, they'll fish here, and hopefully they'll find them here because the show's about Atlanta. You hopefully will find good people, and sure. they've they've had a great track record in finding people. They found the the most famous one, which probably got them an Emmy for casting this last year, was getting Barb from season one of Stranger Things. Right, and Barb, you know, was not a big role, but mm-hmm. she was sort of a crucial role. You know, yeah. spoiler alert, she. Died. But anyway, that created a, you know, for anybody who followed the show, that was a big deal. And she right. became like a trending topic, you yeah. know. And they found Barbara. They, they found Shannon Purser, the, the actress, who just kind of fit that role perfectly, that kind of nerdy, 
you know, sad sack teenager yeah. who was clearly not going to last very long on the show. <laughs> Somehow you just knew it, yeah. and she didn't. Um, and uh, you know that and that their reputations preceded them. They're super efficient. I mean, what's crazy is that they're two people. They you know they've cast for you know Rampage and Jungle Cruise and Game Night and I Tanya, the big movies, as yeah. well as you know Ozark, Stranger Things, and Atlanta. There's two people. They have no staff. Huh. Wow. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they do it, but they're very efficient. And I think in this day and age, in the old days, you have to do casting. You always had to bring everybody in in person. You know, the old casting, right? You know, bringing people. You know, you've seen the images in LA. They still do a lot of that, where sure. you, know, you have a, a waiting room full of people who yep. look similar. Who all now they all do it online. I mean, basically, they they send it out to the casting agents who represent these actors, and, yeah. and they'll say, "Hey, I think I have actors who fit that role," and they'll send it to them, and they could fish through the you know. 40 or 50 possibilities and narrow it down to two or three, hand them over to the producers. And they can often make these decisions online without ever having to see them. Maybe there's a point where they may want to see a couple of them. Right. But it's such a more efficient process to do this. I mean, they can cast dozens of people in roles in a fairly short amount of time. And with TV, oftentimes they have to do it quickly. Yeah. And with films, they have a little more lead time. But on TV, sometimes, you know, these weekly shows uh, where there's 23 episodes and they only have the script finished like a week earlier. Right. They, they got to tell them, like, we need we need a cop who looks like this in two days. <laughs> and, you know, they yeah. can find them. I mean, we got to pull. There used to be like 700 SAG Astra um, actors in this town 10 years ago. But because of all the influx of business here, we've got over 2,200 who represent out of it. Most of them out of Atlanta. Yeah. So we have a lot of actors who. Yeah. And as they told me, I mean, some actors can literally try and get a part in virtually every TV show in this that's shooting here. It's possible. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if it's a minor role as a judge or something or a yeah. lawyer. I mean, there's so many of these little roles. You don't realize it until you see a TV show. It's like, wow, these, these are speaking roles, of course. Right. You and I as extras, we wouldn't speak. I right. Mean, but, I mean, it's interesting that it's like you don't often think about it. It's like everybody sees the people who are on screen. Yeah. But then there's all this support stuff that goes on. Oh, it like is. Like the casting agents. Yeah. And stuff like that. It brings in lots of revenue to town. It brings in lots of uh, opportunity for actors and for people who just want to Absolutely. You know, see yeah. what it's like. And it's an important part of any creative process. I mean, if Jason Bateman is playing against a terrible actor... I mean, who's, you know, it, it's going to take you out of the show. So right. you, need, you need to get good people who are going to, you know, act, it, you know, before Laura Linney or Jason Bateman on Ozark, which is yeah. coming back on August 31st. And they're doing yeah. the second season. Right. That they, a lot of the crucial secondary roles that were in season one of Ozark were there casting. Right. Including, you know, the hapless real estate agent, the, the, the strip club owner. There, you know, there was a lot of key secondary people right. that they cast out of Atlanta. Right. Um, and it was the stra- same thing with uh, Stranger Things season two. Right. Um, Priya Ferguson, who plays the younger sister of one of the key actors, I mean, she sort of stood out and and, uh, became kind of a breakout role in season two of Stranger Things as well, and that was their casting. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for people, you know, locally. It's because, like you said, they they pull from here, too. It's like not not just New York and L.A., but they, you know, a lot of these people are local actors. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of these producers five, seven, eight years ago, they were probably pretty skeptical. It's like, yeah. we, you know, we, we really need actors out of L.A. and New yeah. York. Um, yeah. And now they're sort of building a, a reputation that, hey, they can find people here that right. are just as good, if not better, than what they can find elsewhere. Yeah. And, of course, this is drawing actors from L.A. and New York are coming here. Right. Opportunities. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh. It's like sort of like the the way that, you know, the hip-hop uh, scene sort of blew up here and brought, you know, yeah, that, a lot of people that draws here. people here. Yeah, country music, Nashville. It's, yeah. it's you know, people, creative people like to be in the same places together. It's been yeah. a bit more of a challenge to get 
you know, the top creative produ- the producers and the writers, it's still pretty much L.A. Yeah. Um, actors are starting to come here, but it's still a tough sell uh, yeah. to, to draw them away because they all want to be together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you know writers' rooms is what they call them, and they're mostly out of LA, and, sure. and maybe a few in New York. Yeah, um, but very few are here. So that's that's the next, you know, point in terms of building this right. infrastructure here in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, we've got the studios, we've got the actors, we've got the crew, and the casting agents, and casting agents, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and those two that they're they're I I don't know how they do it. I mean, they they, they didn't even have an office until about a month ago. Wow. I mean, they didn't need. They just basically worked out of their house. So they went to the studios and stuff. Yeah. And, um, but they just got a. They just got an office at the the battery. Yeah. Well, that that certainly cuts down on overhead, I guess. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah. But I, I think they're doing well enough. They can afford an office right. now. Well, uh, the question yeah. is, will they ever need an administrative assistant? They said that they're. You know, they don't mind doing the administrative assistant stuff. It's like you think at this point they would want one, but yeah. At yeah. some point, maybe they'll get one. So if you need a job, maybe one day they'll, they'll need it. So who knows. <laughs> Well, cool. Uh, so um, uh, you you talk to them about about their process and and what yeah. they do and 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 all that. It's, it's really you know it sounds like a fun job. I yeah. got to say, I yeah, mean, it, purely fun. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. I'm sure there's a lot of you know tense moments, but at the same time, it's it's creative and it sounds like something you know a lot of people wouldn't mind doing. And yeah. then, you know, they were both formerly in you know they were in the business working with at other places. One was an agent. The other one worked at another casting agency. So yeah. it's you know, they, they know the business, yeah. um, and it sounds like they'll be around a while. I mean, winning an Emmy does not hurt. Yeah, oh, definitely. And they're, and they're up again for another, they're up again for two two Emmys this year yeah. for, again, for FX's Atlanta and for Stranger Things. Cool. All right. Well, well, thanks a lot for bringing this, and uh, uh, let's uh, hear what it's like for uh, casting agents right here in Atlanta. I, th- I think we really call them casting pro- Directors? Do we call them casting directors? They're casting directors. It's casting. Yeah, it's it's a phraseology that I got confused about too. So it's casting huh. directors. Casting director. Oh, so yeah, so they're basically employed by the, the by the film. Exactly. Like yeah, see, I mean, casting agents are more the people who represent the, the, the actors. actors. Yeah. So they, ah, okay. So, so the they don't. They don't. Directors. Yeah, they generally don't talk to the actors until the agents, you know, direct them. Right. They, yeah. Don't basically actors should not contact them directly. It's, right, it, they right. have to work through. They their go agents. through casting agents. Yeah, because else yeah. it just gets ridiculous. I can't imagine what it's like if they have yeah. hundreds of actors bugging them all day long. It must <laughs> yeah, be I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they're willing to meet them. I mean, they have yeah. like meetups. They'll sometimes tweet and say, "Hey, we're at this restaurant. If you want to meet us and, and just talk, you can yeah. go and show up." So you know, if you track their right. their Twitter feed, you can meet them. But yeah. at the same time, it's not like they're going to get you a job just because you right. meet them. Yeah, I think. Well, cool. Well, there, there, we learned something new about yeah, about I mean, how the business works. I, yeah, I learned something too because you know I've been covering TV for 13 years, but the behind the scenes process because it was never really built up in Atlanta. I'm, I'm only learning myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's new for lots of people. Yeah. So, uh, well, cool. Well, thanks for bringing that, and uh, uh, let's uh, hear from the casting directors uh, directly. This is Rodney Ho with the Access Atlanta podcast, and I am here with two uh, casting agents. Uh, their name is uh, Chase Paris and Tara Feldstein Bennett. Welcome, and uh, just I wanted to talk about you know the explosion of movie and TV operations here and how you guys got into the business. Uh, so tell me quickly what led you to become casting agents, and tell us a little bit about the business itself. Well, we uh, we both worked in the industry in the southeast. And uh, I was an agent. She was a casting associate, uh, and we had a client relationship. So, um, 
few years ago, well, before we started our company, we were both kind of looking at other options outside the industry. She'd actually this left like for 2012 or so. 2012-ish. Yeah. And uh, an opportunity came along for her to do a pilot uh, from an old client of hers. And so she came back and did that. Afterwards, he helped introduce us to Bad Robot, which was doing a show in town called Revolution. And they, they that, that ended up on NBC, right? Mm-hmm. And they uh, the blackout launch, yes, <laughs> where all electricity went out. Mm-hmm. And they shot the pilot here, and then they moved to North Carolina. Yeah. Yep, yeah. And so that's where she got the call. And we had joked in the past about going into business together one day. And she kind of was like, "Do you want to do this?" <laughs> so I said, "Yeah." And so we started our career with a, uh, a network television series. Right off the bat. So what type of roles were you casting for, for that particular show? Uh, mostly day player roles, uh, a couple of lines. We had a few recurring that that season as well. Like what in that particular show, what type of roles were there? Like what, what are you know, I, I presume you often cast for what like waiters or people at the office or who have speaking roles of some sort, you know, a cashier or something or a nurse or gosh, I'm trying to think about revolution. Revolution had So interest- a lot of our our job is our our title is called location casting. Yes. So that would be... Yeah, there's three different levels of casting. There's like extras casting, which is just people in the background, no speaking roles. Then there's like the big name people, the famous folks who Mm -hmm. are cast for the top roles. And you guys kind of handle kind of the fill-in in between, in a sense. Ideally, yeah. Um, So most of our talent that we hire here are what we call day players, meaning they come for a day or a week and they shoot a a part that supports the other cast members. Usually for a scene or two at a hospital or a restaurant (laughs) or... A warehouse. Mm-hmm. Or in in yeah. Revolution specifically, we cast a lot of soldiers and guards. Gotcha. <laughs> I remember soldiers and guards. It was a dystopian type thing, so everything yeah. was a little bit, uh, you know, in the future, but also kind of dark. Dark. And, and a lot of people died, I guess. A lot of your day players probably didn't yeah. last very long. Yeah. That, that was fun early on, though. I always liked when people died early because I'm like, oh, look, a death scene. <laughs> I don't know why. Early on, I was like, that's really cool. That is really cool. I mean, how do you, early going, I mean, there are actors in the Southeast, right? And, and a lot of them choose to stay here and they're trying to build up their resumes. So these are good roles for people sort of just getting in the business. And is that right? Yeah. The, Atlanta has become such a hotbed for film and television that um, anyone that's looking to get into the business, instead of going to LA or New York now, right. they're coming to Atlanta. There are enough opportunities. There's more than enough opportunities to get started um, day playing on multiple television and film projects. And so. I'll tell you, the the one thing that we have that a lot of markets fight for is a lot of film work. You know, There's not right. a lot of film going on in LA right now for financial reasons, and New York has a good bit of film going on, but we um, I can't remember the exact number, but I think Georgia the past two years has produced more of the top grossing films in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Black Panther, obviously, here. Uh, what are some recent ones that have come out that were Well, anything here? Marvel, really. Yes. You know, that just that is, is always I just watched here. Game Night on demand, and that was shot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love Game Night. Well, and that's the thing. You can build a great resume for TV. Just that one any- didn't have a lot of extras, though. That was a very tight... That movie You'd be surprised. Actually. Our it wasn't a huge cast, but we yeah. had about a dozen or so, and mm-hmm. and that's an op- uh, opportunity we had of like some larger roles, mm-hmm. um, like through the thugs that you see throughout the entire movie. 
were local guys that we found. Oh, here. like the ones who came into the house that that were actual thugs that were paid by the cop. Oh, yeah. I, I just gave away a huge <laughs> twist. I'm so sorry. Uh, it was Spoiler terrible. Alert. I don't know what I'm talking about. That that didn't mean anything. Sorry. I just saw the movie. It was fun. Uh, so you were involved with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some other recent ones that that just came out that you guys uh, that just came out? Anything else? Well, it didn't just come out, but yeah. we cast the movie I, Tanya here. Oh, I, Tanya, um, yeah. Which got a lot of Oscar buzz. And, um, of course... Um, I recognize Golden Buddha, which was hilarious. Yeah. I saw it right down the street at Terra Cinema. I was like, wait, that's right up the street. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's a couple new movies that oh, There were a lot of day player roles for that <laughs> movie, wasn't there? It, majority. It, especially mm-hmm. on, a, on, a, on a movie that gets lower budget like that, which wasn't yes. a small budget, but it wasn't a big budget. Right. A lot Outside of the top five, six, eight players, they're all local. So even if it's a bigger role, there were a few that were good size in that movie um, that we got to cast locals for. It was fun because we had to go to a bunch of uh, skating rinks and try out little girls who could actually dance a dance, a skate like Tanya Harding, which is very hard to do. So I had a whole day of like random, you know, girls from like five to like 18 dancing, skating in circles around me. And And you're not a skating expert at all, so. Nope. Did you have somebody who could help you on that front? We did. I basically had to record them doing whatever we had in the scene, and then I had to record them doing a line or two, and then I had to send off the skating to our skating coordinator. Is this good enough? And she was like a world champion something or other coach. Mm-hmm. So her standards were pretty high. Even for like the five-year-old we ended up hiring, she was like, can she do this? And I'm like, she's five. <laughs> There's not, not a whole lot you're going to ask this girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, what... What do you usually get asked for? At what stage of the of a movie or a TV show do they they bring you in, and how much time do you usually have to find people? It depends on whether we're doing TV or film. Okay, what's the difference? Um, so film, you get a bigger lead time, and okay. and casting is pre production. So we're right. we do all of our majority, almost all of our work before shooting even starts. Gotcha. Um, and so a movie will have between four to eight weeks, depending on how much many roles and how. What's the range that you've had in terms of number of people you had to cast for a movie? (laughs) There's a movie coming out uh, very soon called The Hate You Give. Okay, It's a Fox feature. Starring whom? Can you say or you can't? Oh, uh, Amandala. Amandala Steinberg. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And uh, so that movie, I think it had a record of 75 roles that we cast. That just we cast. That just we cast, 75. I mean, were there there other casting agents working on other roles? Um, We always work um, collaboratively with an LA casting director and New York casting director. Great, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So we decide which roles should be budgeted from LA and New York and what should be looked for in Atlanta. And a lot of times we cross over just to see what kind of talent we have here. Budgetarily, is is the cost greater or less depending on where you're casting or does it make if a difference? If you live here, then they don't have to put you up. They don't have to travel you in. Uh, there's usually a per diem that goes along with distant hires. So if they can find someone local, it, it saves, saves them a bunch how much of money. money. I mean, it's a, a bunch. I mean, if, if not just those expenditures, but if you're bringing someone from LA or New York, they're usually, for a movie, going to have some sort of name around them. So they're not they're paying more than like the normal day rate. They're going to be paid some sort right. of picture fee. Um, so there is a lot of benefit to hiring locals. Now, if you can get a name for a role, then there's obviously some benefit to that but if sure. you can if with 70 something roles to cast if they had to fly everybody in super expensive super expensive that's so your you, whole budget and 
you guys, how big is your database of people? I mean, that you could potentially tap from right now it must be huge. <laughs> yeah, we have a very large database of, of actors that we pull from, but it's but it's mostly local agents that we work with. Right. Um, so they're out scouting new talent okay. and adding them to their rosters. So you work with agents? We do. We only gotcha. work with talent agents. So you don't um, work with the talent directly? In, in, in rare, rare situations, rare. we will, you know, but it's just... It's more efficient, right? It's much more efficient. And the thing about working with talent individually, when we work with an agent, they've vetted them. And we still have to audition them and vet them ourselves. Right. But at least with an agent, someone along the way has said, hey, I think you're worth representing and I'm going to present you to the people. How do you define local? Is it truly in Metro Atlanta within 100 miles of Atlanta? I mean, what if somebody lives in Columbia, South Carolina or Raleigh? It's a a 60 mile radius uh, from your production base. So if it's uh, Norcross, then from there, if it's Pinewood. Now, you know, if someone lives in Athens and they want to work in Atlanta, generally they're going to work local depending on the time of shoot. Like if it's an early morning or late, they're probably going to put them up. But if it's a day drive in, they do it. It's... It's that general area. And what used to happen is... Uh, and the traffic here is horrible. So is that, a, is that where the 60 mile comes in or is that... A, that's, a, that's a union rule okay. uh, throughout the country. And for anybody who wants to be an actor, they have to join a particular union? Is that right? Or? No, they don't. And they shouldn't until they, they've probably built a little more of a career. Like you, You're eligible to join the union after one uh, job. Okay. Um, one well, one legit job I think is what like a. How do you, you define a legit job? Um, like, full budget feature, maybe even low budget, but I know full budget features. If you right. work a day, you're eligible to join. So, so I Tanya would be eligible. Correct. But I wouldn't recommend someone who's just done one day to join. The benefits probably aren't there for you yet. Gotcha. Um, and I think the union would agree that they they're like, right. hey, one job hold off because there is some fees to join. But, um, and, and we live in a right to work state, so you don't have to join the union to work here locally. In gotcha. New York and California, you have to be in the union. So, um, so here, this you should join when it's right for you to join, but you still have the protection of the union right. if you don't. So there's a. Mm-hmm. So over over the past six years, how have you seen the talent pool shift or change here in Atlanta? Is it, has it gotten significantly better or deeper? Yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot better and very quickly mm-hmm. because of the amount of work. The opportunity has grown so much over the last six years that actors are able to put out more auditions, um, book more jobs. And so in that, the more experience you have, the better actor you are. So there are some actors that are really, really talented in Atlanta, and they sometimes have four or five auditions a week. Wow. Um, and yeah, that's a lot. And so from there, if they book one of those, I mean, there are some actors that have are like bucket list trying to book every TV show that's shooting in Atlanta. And you could potentially get a day on everything. Like the, everything from Brockmire to The Walking Dead, if they wanted to. Absolutely. Right? If they really try. Yeah. And that's. By the way, is The Walking Dead special because of all the zombie stuff, or is that any different than any other casting for you guys? I know they do. Well, see, we, so we don't do Walking Dead, but okay. I, I will say the the thing about it is it's it's one way far south right now. They've been shooting yes. way south in the city, and a lot of people want to go be zombie extras, which is a whole different thing. Yes, yeah, so that's a separate it's, idea. Well, well, speaking of, uh, and then of course Netflix has been helpful to you guys. You have you've done Stranger Things, right? Uh, what type of roles have you done for Stranger Things? Well, our our claim, I, I would say in season one, our claim to fame is we we cast Barb. Um, wow! Yes, yeah. um, everybody loves Barb. Every, you Poor you know Barb. justice for Barb. How did that happen? Well, in your mind, did you see that coming when you cast her and you saw her in the in the show? What's funny is we have been looking for that role forever, seeing all kinds of different types of girls and. When we ran into Shannon, we'd actually, I think, overlooked her at one point. We had her tape, yes. and and we were kind of going, it, it didn't work at the moment. Then we went back and said, 
well, we should take another look at this girl. And we sent her off to the Duffers and Carmen Cuba, who does our LA casting. And they're like, we got to see her live. So we drove down there um, and tested her with Natalia um, reading together. And I think she was in the middle of her senior year in high school. She had just turned 18 or something. It was, pro I think, her first audition, maybe second, but she hadn't done, all, done anything beforehand. And I remember sitting there with uh, Matt and Ross, and, and, they, and she leaves the room, and we all kind of go like, that was kind of great. Like she was just perfect for the role, um, and because it was just so subtly her, you know. Not that she was that tortured soul or whatever that the barbs of being, but she just inhabited it. And that's the main thing that we run into with a lot of our local roles or the roles that really take off. These actors kind of just are who these roles need to be, and she's the perfect example of it. I think that's why everyone resonated because everyone either knew a barb or was a barb yes. or had something going on with her. And I think. She was the perfect person to kind of take hold of that. A little bit of that angst, yeah, that teen angst was definitely there. And she knew she wasn't the prettiest girl on earth, and she knew she wasn't always paid attention to, and that was kind of, yeah, I think we all feel that sometimes, right? So that, that worked, and yeah, it's still, I, even after season two, she's still out there as a, as a character. And what's, in, what's really crazy about that is if you think back, she's only in two episodes, and then she's now. not alive in the third. So that's... To make that kind of statement and that kind of mark in such a little yeah. What's happened to her as time. an actress? Do you know? Have you kept up with what's been going on with She Jenny? did a few episodes of Riverdale. I think she led a movie at one point. It really launched wow. her career. I mean, she was, in the, she was in the promos for the Oscars at one point. Mm -hmm. That's um, right. I have a little stuffed doll of her desiccated oh. body at home <laughs> that my daughter likes to play oh, with. Oh, that's so pretty. Yeah. Um, um, that's something she probably wants everyone to know. So that's definitely a moment of pride for you guys, right? Yeah, that one. absolutely. Yeah. Ozark obviously had a, has a lot of day players, right? Just the way the show is structured. So many roles. So many <laughs> roles. It's it's it, it yeah. It's it's not one of those shows where there's just three people talking all the time. There's a lot of different scenes in different places. So and it seems like they shoot a long time. So it's clearly a very complicated shoot. So how, again, it's a TV show. You said there's less time to. Well, that's a that's a different one because they have most of the scripts ready to go before we start, even nice. if we don't get them. And then what they shoot in a block format. So usually on a TV show, say uh, say The Gifted, uh, okay. we'll have um, a more traditional a, broadcast. Yeah, show. like a seven day prep window and a seven day shoot window, and then the, whenever, whatever episode's shooting, that is your prep window for the next one. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. But for um, Ozark and, and block shooting shows, uh, they... When you say, define block shooting for people they, who don't know what that they, means. Um, they shoot two episodes at the same time. So they have double, so they can reuse locations. And yes, it's it takes efficiency. About a, right. And it takes about a month, so you also have a month to prep. So we have a lot more time to get through all of those roles. Um, but that show's fun because we get to find all the different weird, you know, unique looking people who... Yeah, you know, they want they they want them to look real and unique and and stand out. Who who were the most interesting ones you got from season one? Uh, let's see. So Kevin Johnson um, plays Sam Dermody, who's the realtor who Laura Linney gets oh involved with. Oh my gosh, the realtor guy! Yeah, he really stands out. Yeah, and he's and he's 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 done a and that's a major role in that show. Mm -hmm. it, well, that's the thing about that show, especially in the first season. Uh, we got a lot of nice big roles. You know, um, um, Adam Boyer played. Did you Bobby get his Demons mom too? Or we got his mom too. Yeah. I mean, she also was, <laughs> I won't give away what happened to her, but yes, <laughs> poor thing. I wonder, is a spoiler alert when this show's been on for <laughs> Probably not, maybe probably, not, yeah. Probably, probably That's why I wasn't sure whether I spoiled Game Night that badly since it's already on demand at this point. I don't know, right. at this point. Apologies, again. <laughs> um, 
the one thing before coming on, I was like, what can't I say? What, yeah. what if I accidentally say one of those things I'm not supposed to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you've already done some casting for season two at this point, right? Yeah, season two is wrapped. As it's wrapped. Last week, I believe. So, and were there just as many roles season two as one for you guys? So it was just as it, it ten takes, episodes? It takes a lot of different turns, too, that you're maybe not expecting. Mm-hmm. Some people um, come back. I mean, when you when they throw... You know, a casting call for you guys. Do they? Do you have any? You, do you get the scripts? Or you just get the descriptives of the people, or how, how do you? What, how much do you guys know? In most in most instances, we have all we have the script before. Wow! Going. So you guys know before almost anybody, even oh. before some of the actors, right? Yeah. Well, so with Stranger Things and Ozark, we we dangle it like they're like, oh, I love that show. I'm like, well, wait till the next season comes out, I and they're that. like. What do you well, mean? I'm like, well, I can't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah. Talk about like ending your careers really quickly if you started leaking that out. That would be over. Well, uh, and yeah. it's also hard for us to wait too, because right. especially when something's so great, you read it and you just want to see it come alive. And of course, the actors who are auditioning, you have to give them as little information, especially for like a show like Stranger Things, where there's so many. You know, they try to keep the Duffer Brothers like to keep things down low. So how do you guys? tell people what the role is when you don't want them to know too much. So a lot of times we'll change the role names oh, or come up with more different scenarios. Different, well, different. Um, so like we'll change it from if it's Bill, Bill, right? Yeah, we'll change it to man. Man. So you don't know Just really who Bill man. is, and the description's very, very basic. Right. And then a lot of times we will like a physical description, maybe, or not even that much. Um, I mean, you can get away with um, a, like age, right. ethnicity. Right. Really, gender. and gender—that's gender. yeah. That's I mean, it. you can get get by with that. Yeah, general. Um, and then also for script stuff and like giving people sides, which is what they would audition with. Um, we sometimes just have what we call dummy sides, which are fake. Fake scenes. Fake like scenes. scenes that may have nothing at all to do no, with the show. Nothing at all. And so, then I um, mean, people often audition without knowing what the show is, right? Or they even know exactly. This season, they did for sure. Yeah. They did know what it was. The, 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 yeah. There was a few that didn't know what they were auditioning. Oh, they didn't know what they were auditioning. You just said it was like a major. What do you? What, what can you say? I mean, it's just like it's. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we're lucky enough to right now that there's so much work in town, and we, we have a few projects going on that we we can kind of go, hey, audition for this, and they'll know it's something we're working on. In general, we give them as much information as we're allowed to. Right, and <laughs> and some shows I guess are more open than others about yeah. it. I mean, but I, even shows you wouldn't expect, like Atlanta this year, we kept having oh, um, scene leaks or, or set leaks. Really, you know, got, like, guys like, would get on set and take pictures of their trailer or. Just dumb stuff they should know better than to do. Like cast members mm-hmm. or crew members? Or they take pictures with the cast and then, you know, uh, basically... And, and these are some of the day players you're saying? Mm-hmm. And what happens... I mean, what do you tell them? Like, you're not going to get any more work again if you do this again? Or what do you... Well, what can so you they, say? All, they all sign NDAs. Of course. And in these NDAs, there's legal action if they want to take it. And some of it got threatened this past year because... You know they're trying to posting keep stuff on Instagram. Yeah, mm-hmm. people will post stuff and and someone like like Donald Glover and a lot of our producing team they're they're very social. They they, they get online a lot and see right. and see these things. So they're, they're it's not invisible to them. They see it pretty quickly. Well, it's funny on the show itself they have issues with people posting stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean I think that was a plot line even in the show where some guy I guess it was did you watch season two? There yeah. was a pot. You know, he was trying to find another pot dealer, and the pot dealer was taking photos of them and posting it. And you're like, really? And the funny, and it, because it gets meta, they actually made an account for that guy and posted his photo on his Instagram. So they actually did it in the real life. Oh, did they? That's they funny. Did. They did. Was that guy one of the people you actually mm-hmm. cast? That, the thing about Atlanta, is, there are a lot of is a lot of roles, and we find a lot of true Atlantans in it. I mean, each season we have the main players who who come from Alexa Fogel, who's yes. amazing, but. Um, 
I would say 95% of the new cast you see each season is local, you know. I mean, they, we didn't hold up. Was so the barber guy? For, no. Oh, that, he that was great, though, wasn't he? He was. He was, absolutely. The homeless guy in the woods? Uh, that dude? That, no. That, it, see, let's see. All the kids in the, in the, in the kid episode where they were oh, in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, yeah, one of my wife's good friends, her kids do a lot of extra work. And a couple of that wasn't what you cast, but they, they saw, we actually saw them in the classroom. <laughs> They didn't have speaking roles. I was like, wait, uh, but uh, but there were a lot of speaking roles in that in that kid yeah. episode. Well, and that's too. you know we've we've done a few things where we've had to find younger versions of our main. Did players. you cast almost everybody in that episode? Or? We cast everyone in that episode. Wow. Let's, we let's see. That was the episode, and for people who don't know, Atlanta, there was a flashback episode where basically it was um, Donald Glover's character and Earn and and uh, Paperboy, their characters when they were what in seventh or eighth, ninth grade, something like that, middle school. Yeah, middle school. So and that's those are tough ones to to cast, aren't they? Because you got to find somebody who looks somewhat like them or close yeah, enough like and, them, and, and, and are good actors. Well, and more importantly, it kind of feels like them. You know, yeah. you can get past a look to a certain extent, but you right. got to feel like that and person too. So the key ones were really Earn and um, Alfred, yeah. and Alfred. And how long did it take to find those two? That must have you must have gone through quite a few people. Gosh, you'd think uh, it wasn't easy, but it wasn't. When we we knew we were coming up to that episode. And mm-hmm. they gave you enough lead time on that one um, as much as they could and and the, like Alfred the guy we got to play Alfred is the one I wanted to play from the beginning he's a guy we've known forever we put him in a bunch of stuff uh, Abraham Clean Scales he was great and uh, but um, Earn we looked in uh, we looked locally and they looked in LA and New York too and they ended up going with a kid from Florida oh um, that we found you, you guys found him mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Akoya Brunson and he you know how I, did you how did your, the agent find him or how well we've worked with that agent for years um, and uh, when we release a breakdown for, for them to submit on they, they throw their best at us and um, he's got some other stuff going on too he's he's got a good little career from Florida I and mean, what could you tell the kid at that point what it was at that stage in terms he had of, a fake name right. because we didn't want anyone to know what was going on right uh, but the, and we changed the name inside the scenes a bunch um, so really, the kids. But it was different. But it, but it's such a weird flashback that I don't think even if the scenes were similar, I don't think they would have got what was going on, right? I mean, it was right. it, it was definitely too different. Yeah. Well, and with kids, we have to see a ton, you know, because kids go in and out of um, being interested in acting or being committed to it, or they're playing sports or have other clubs. And kids are always new, starting out as well. So when we see a kid role like that, all those kid roles, we're seeing. A hundred kids for each role, or more, or more for each role. And how many speaking roles were there for that one? That must have been at least twenty. Twenty something. Twenty. Wow. Twenty. I want to say like twenty-three. Yeah. The only role we didn't cast was uh, Ern's mom, who was cast in season one. Um, everything and, and, else. And how, how happy was Donald and and the folks with the casting in the end? What was the feedback? Uh, everyone seemed super happy. Like we, I remember hearing back from we we sent everything for approval up yes. the chain after producers have signed off. And FX wrote back about Alcoya and Abraham, the guys who played Ern and um, Alfred. It was just like these guys are amazing. Like, how would you find them? And I'm like, that's great. Well, yeah. the, I mean, and obviously you're trying to burnish your reputation, so getting those. I mean, obviously you're playing with some of the biggest shows here in town already. Um, how, and the fact is. You're only two people. How many other folks do you work with? Do you have other people helping you out, or it's just you two? It's just us two. Wow. <laughs> and that's what you're talking about. You guys work out of your homes now. You're thinking of actually having office space. How would that help you having office space at this point? Less in our driving 
around the city. Oh, I see. In general, we go to production, which is very convenient for them and for us, and we make use of the space there. But it, oh, for each of the shows? Mm-hmm, because that way, look, our directors and producers have a lot going on. So when we can go to them, they right. don't have to take an hour to drive to Kennesaw or Alpharetta. You know, right. we can we can, but we're trying to find a more centralized place that we can have control over that's easy to get to, um, because there is, I don't know, just the idea of having our own space. One is fun, but two, it can be very useful. In oh, yeah. the end, that's wonderful. Well, congratulations on um, building your business like this. I mean, you've gotten some Emmy. Uh, did you get an Emmy win? Is that correct? Yeah. 2017? We did. We won our, we, we got nominated for two Emmy Awards last in, year. In one year. In one year. Our first year. First year ever being nominated. We got two nominations, one for Stranger Things in the mm-hmm. drama category and one for Atlanta in the comedy category. And they were both for season one, right? They were. So and we, we won for Stranger Things. Did you have any idea which one you had a better shot at or you had no idea? How this was. one had me thinking we were absolutely going to win for Atlanta. I was at convinced. S- he was very right. convinced. And so, and convincing, apparently. yes, very convincing. And did the you first, go out, did you go out for the ceremony? We did. We went. We went to L.A. and Great I rem- and we just remember sitting there in the first award of the entire evening. Yes. Being presented by Tom Hanks. Being presented by Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks is the ca- comedy category. Okay. And Veep wins. Okay. And we were like, oh man, this is going to be a long show because <laughs> that's the first award and we didn't win. And, and they don't go in order, so the next oh, one was yes. drama. That was an hour and a half later. Right. <laughs> so we sat there for a little while. Um, right. But, you know, the, there's nothing like winning your your first Emmy. Um, like everything in your body. It's like I a know, whole body crazy. experience. So who are you up against shaking. in that particular uh, category? Handmaid's. Handmaid's Tale was wow. in that one. Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Us. Uh, wow, talk about big shows. I well, mean, big, big shows. I, so not only was I convinced that Atlanta was going to win, but I was like, Phew, these other shows are because we all watch these other shows, mm-hmm. right? I was like, I don't know if we're gonna beat these. Other, like, I thought Stranger Things was like good to get nominated, just happy to be nominated. Just situation, happy to be nominated. <laughs> but Barb, <laughs> she might have been it's justice for Barb, and she got nominated that year too. That's she right. Did. So she was at the ceremony. She did you guys see her and everything? We didn't. We hung out with. Did you see her? I don't think no, I did. We, we hung oh, out with such the a Duffers big. A so bit. Some, oh, you got I to think see the. Duffers. She was at the other. No, she no, was there. Yeah. Um. That was her justice right there. That was. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, the, the age of television is incredible right now. TV as a medium is just the top of the food chain. And so to be uh, nominated. You know, like, the, like 15, 20 years ago, movies were the king, right? King. Everybody wanted to be in movies. Now it's the actors generally don't care as much or what's no. they actually? It seems like they actively seek out good TV projects because that's where there the are good so roles are now. And uh, I was reading a thing about Jessica Biel the other day, and she's uh, nominated for, or she's she's got Emmy buzz for The Sinner. Right. Um, and the her quote was that no one was offering me these roles, so I went out and found this one. I went out and like I sought this one out. Specifically. Yeah, I guess unless you look like Ryan Reynolds, how many roles are there in the movie theater movies? Or, yeah, I mean, I mean uh, like or Chris Ryan Gosling or anybody named Ryan, Ryan apparently. Yeah. Or, or Chris. Or, or Chris. Or oh, the that's Rock. true, Chris. It's yeah. uh, or the Rock. Yeah, yeah, just the Rock. Just yeah. the Rock. He has all the roles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's in and Kevin Hart. He and Kevin Hart are in everything. <laughs> and Melissa McCarthy. There we go. There's a few of them that have all the work. 
So, and do you, do you have you done so you've done some of the have you done some of the Melissa McCarthy movies at all? No, we've, no. we've we've done we did Rampage with The Rock. Oh, okay. And we're doing Jungle Cruise with The Rock now. Okay, uh, lovely. So we've we've got a little bit of hopefully synergy there. <laughs> It'd be great to keep doing rock movies because they seem to do really well. Yes. That's great. And um, but like you said, actors are, are are seeking out some of these really good. I mean, Atlanta is such a good show. Stranger Things. These are the type of shows that do help careers. And so. the good thing about those three shows you mentioned is, so when we first started, yeah. there the opportunity was high as far as a quantity for actors, but the quality wasn't always there. Yeah, a lot of the shows in 2012 were just... Yeah. But even, even, and even more than that, mm-hmm. the quality of the role they even had the opportunity to book. Uh, so we mentioned uh, some right. of the roles in Ozark that were bigger. Mm-hmm. Three, four years ago, we, we may not book those roles. You right. know, because the, the talent pool here is now more They trusted. focus more on New York and L.A., mm-hmm. so now they're actually giving you more to do because yeah. they trust you to find good people here. As Brave producers to... and directors have, have let us really spread our wings <laughs> uh, and, and show what this market is capable of, which has turned out to be quite a bit. You know, we're not just the starting point. We can actually make a good flourishing career with nice roles here um, if you're lucky and you put the time in. So it's been... It's been a good paradigm shift for us from just doing day players, which we still is the majority of our work. Yes. But now having these larger roles. The recurring some, roles, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all these shows you're talking about, you know, we have the... Like in Ozark, that role you're talking about, that was a major... He was in several episodes, wasn't he, toward the mm-hmm. end of the season? Yeah. yeah. Well, even early on, we had um, the, the strip club owner, Bobby Dean, mm-hmm. um, who they set up early on as maybe the bad guy of the season. Yes. Until, spoiler alert, he's not. Right, but he, yeah, that was, was a major so role too. Bobby Dean died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. He was he was a major yeah. character that you thought would be around a while, right? So yeah, that, and the, and to have them go on and share so much screen time with, you know, Jason, Jason Bateman Dean. and Laura Linney, and you know, th- that's that's an amazing opportunity that mm-hmm. you're not getting in, in other markets. Uh, and these actors, and look, these actors aren't necessarily uh, Kevin Johnson, who plays Sam. It's mm-hmm. not like he was doing. A bunch of guest star work beforehand, or you know, had these big, but very, arcs. but like you said, very distinctive. I mean, you can't forget the guy. The minute you met him, he came in and they're him. like, "This is the guy." I think we we only had one really round of auditioning, and I'm not even sure we called him back. They were like, "No, he's the guy we want him." He seemed just the right pliable mm-hmm. act for that particular role that yeah. Laura Linney can kind of play with a little bit. And yeah. but, but imagine him being this local guy, and all of a sudden, like, "Hey, you're gonna have all these scenes with Laura Linney in the next two seasons. Go for it. Have fun. Have fun." Like, yeah. what an opportunity! That's great. So you're you're helping launch careers, which is great, right? I mean, that's that's an interesting uh, perspective to take. That you're not just helping some folks who are trying to make a living, but other folks are trying to break out, right? I guess a good number of these people are trying to get to higher levels of acting. Well, that's the, the thing. Our market, we have people who have never acted before and people who yeah. are doing it for thirty years, and right. so we have a large pool to choose from. They're all at different points, but look, you can't do our job and enjoy it without enjoying that part of it, knowing that. Like every time you book someone, it's someone's dream, it's someone's goal, it's someone's, you know, you're making someone's day. And we may do it a dozen times in one day, right. but for them, it's like this huge, big deal. So it's interesting. So people have to find good agents, and then eventually they'll funnel over to you, right, in some way, shape, or yeah. form. So yeah. they just can't call you guys up and say, I please, want to roll. That's not, don't. do not call these guys. Sorry, we're not going to provide their phone number. So there you go. But they have a great job. It sounds like you guys are enjoying yourselves, right? This is, um, Worked out. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Well, hopefully, you know, the business here, you know, with enough time, do you feel, are you confident that the, you know, the tax credits, everything will keep going 
for the time being that it's we've made it established enough that it won't turn into a North Carolina situation or or that or other states where they've cut back on the tax credits. I mean, any anything is possible. True. Um, but what I would say is that we have a lot more infrastructure, like yes. actual buildings here in Wilmington, North Carolina. Just there's like one, one studio, studio and then like maybe a repurposed building near the studio. Um, here, I mean, new studios are popping yeah, up. we've got at least 15 or 20 over. really solid studios. Now. And they're building them. You know, For us, the big target year was this year when uh, Nathan Deal was going to be stepping down and uh, we're going to have a new yeah, uh, governor. Right. Could, and, and that's a big deal because he's is. so pro-film. He is. I think the big uh, indicator to me is uh, with Black Hall Studios just opened up a couple – like a year or so ago. They're, right. they're building these big studio spaces that cost – millions and millions of dollars massive investments yeah in the face of that so obviously the studios aren't that worried you know they keep expanding pinewood at an enormous financial rate and yeah so it feels like it's going to have the support of the legislature for a while and i don't know what the breaking point is if we'll always need a tax incentive right because there's obviously some very conservative legislators that don't like hollywood so that's always burbling under mm-hmm. you know and you have those religious liberty bills and those things that kind of upset hollywood so you, you know you don't know so we'll, we'll have to keep our fingers crossed here we're it's, always we're always one bad legislative session away. yeah you never know but we feel pretty confident we're okay for the for the foreseeable future that's great. Well, thanks again, and uh, and good luck with. Uh, so it's called Feldstein Paris Casting, is that right? So you just combine your names. It wasn't any. There wasn't a deep amount of uh, magic. Super thought. creative. We put a little <laughs> line in between the two of them. There we go. There it is. <laughs> well, thank you guys again. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next ten days. The ATL Collective is a group of local musicians who convene to take on classic albums in a live setting. Coming up next, the group will recreate Alanis Morissette's 1995 alt-rock juggernaut, Jagged Little Pill. The album won three Grammys, including Album of the Year, hit the top five in more than 20 countries, and has sold 30 million copies. It contains six top ten hits, four of them number ones, and a musical stage production based on the album premiered in Cambridge, Massachusetts earlier this year. The ATL Collective will perform Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill at Terminal West at 8 p.m. on Friday, August 24th. Tickets are $16 to $19, and you'll find those at TerminalWestATL.com. DragonCon gets stranger this year, as in Stranger Things. Gaten Matarazzo and Caleb McLaughlin, who play middle school boys Dustin and Lucas in the Atlanta film Stranger Things, will be among the celebrity guests at this year's con. Also appearing will be Jennifer Morrison, known as Emma Swan from television's Once Upon a Time, and Evangeline Lilly, star of Ant-Man and the Wasp, and long-serving wrestling tour de force Nature Boy Ric Flair. The organizers of this annual gathering expect about 85,000 fans who will fill up five downtown hotels and enjoy a Labor Day weekend that stretches out to four days. The pop culture celebration takes over downtown Atlanta from August 31st to September 3rd, There will be more than 400 personalities from the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, gaming, comics, and more. They'll have panels, discussions, lectures, and demonstrations with movie and television actors, authors, artists, creators, and experts. One of the most anticipated guests is Carol Spinney, who served as Big Bird on Sesame Street from 1969 through 2017. He won't appear in costume, but he'll talk about his time on Sesame Street, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary. He will be joined at DragonCon by several of Sesame Street's humans. Bob McGrath, who has been the human character Bob since 1969, 
Emilio Delgado, Luis since 1971, and Roscoe Orman, who has been Gordon since 1974. It wouldn't be Dragon Con without some Star Trek, and one of the original series actors, Walter Koenig, who played Chekhov, will be there along with some cast members of the latest Star Trek series, Discovery. And don't miss the festive Saturday morning parade, which draws thousands of spectators. The host hotels are Hyatt Regency Atlanta, Hilton Atlanta, Atlanta Marriott Marquis, Sheraton Atlanta Hotel, and Weston Peachtree Plaza Hotel. You can get all of the information and directions at dragoncon.org. If the literary world is where you enjoy spending your time, don't miss the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Decatur Book Festival. Atlanta theater legend Kenny Leon will serve as the keynote speaker during the kickoff ceremonies for the festival on Labor Day weekend. The Tony Award-winning former artistic director of the Alliance Theater and founder of True Colors Theater Company will speak at 8 p.m. August 31st. He's written a new memoir, Take You Wherever You Go. Leanne will speak at Emory University's Schwartz Center for Performing Arts, and the keynote speech is free and open to the public, but you'll need a ticket. Check DecaturBookFestival.com for those, though they do tend to go fast for the keynote. This is the festival's 13th year, Held every Labor Day weekend, the festival this year will bring more than 300 well-known authors, including Armistead Maupin and Karen Slaughter, and tens of thousands of readers together for three days of events. And the best part is that it's all free. The festival happens all around downtown Decatur on August 31st, September 1st, and September 2nd. For more information, go to DecaturBookFestival.com. It might just be the cutest way to spend a weekend night. Dad's Garage has teamed up with Angels Among Us Pet Rescue to present Puppy Prov. Throughout the show, improvisers will be using adoptable pets in their scenes, and if one captures your heart, you can adopt them right there. The event also serves as a fundraiser for Angels Among Us, with 25% of each ticket going directly to this great local rescue. And get there a little early to really get to know some of the pups. The furry little bundles of fun will take over the Dad's Garage lobby at 7 p.m., so you'll have plenty of time to get your fill of puppy breath before the first show at 8 p.m. on Saturday, August 25th. And there's a second show at 10.30 p.m. Those tickets are $25 to $34.50, depending on whether you buy them online, via phone, or at the door. Get all of the info at dadsgarage.com. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. <laughs>